This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. We, we would probably look to somebody who has a criminal record and has murdered somebody and provide them with insurance before we'll provide insurance with somebody with an OSHA violation. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Well, I, I also but, think, too, there's, you know, we're, we're not insurance professionals are typically highly educated. There's a big legal component. We have to read a lot of documents. We're not attorneys. Some of us are in the insurance business. In fact, quite a few are. Uh, I mean, who writes these insurance policies? Attorneys. Who gets to decide on how the coverage applies? The judge, the attorneys, it's case law, precedent, et cetera. But, you know, we had a, our topic today, I think is really important because we're going to be talking about electric vehicles and yes, fire. that's our main and, topic. But this yeah, is but no, be, but leading this is going to be a two part. This is a good lead in on all this stuff. This is what I called about. We talked about the other thing, and we got <laughs> off into the weeds as usual. No, but but this this is important. This is important because yeah. in vehicle, you know, vehicle fires, in especially with an electric vehicle. Hold on, hold, hold, hold on, Don, Don. I don't want to yeah. interrupt you. Let me let me start out here. Oh. Sure. This week, right? This is our main topic here. All right. I cut Dawn off. We had a long okay. conversation. I apologize. We have a lot of stuff with electric cars on fire down in the hurricane zone. And we've heard about stuff all along in the background. Here are their electric cars, electric cars. Really, since the early 19, uh, since the late 1990s, early 2000s with the hybrid cars, right? The fire departments, firefighters, oh, I've always heard we have an issue here with these cars because of fires. We can't really this and that. And they're in a car accident. Now we got a battery. We got leaking acid. It's also part of the first aid CPR AED curriculum, too. When you come up to a car accident now, not only do you have to worry about the gasoline, but now you got to worry about a battery. You have Mm -hmm. to and everything and fires this week. No, with the hurricane down there last week, we have cars that are uh, catching on fire. If you recall, 10 years ago, I believe it was Seaside, uh, the boardwalk on Seaside. There was, uh, after Superstorm Sandy, they redid the, uh, they repaired the boardwalk and salt water had impacted the electric panels and burned the whole place down. All right. So we know that salt water and electric do not mix. Electric batteries are catching yeah. fire. And we had talked about this last week during my annual insurance consultation with Dawn. That no, and her team sits me down for like three hours on exactly what we needed on what this was is of what we do. You know, what are your coverages? It's either Dawn or I think it was Phil did it. Someone on your team. What That's do you need? Correct. Blah blah blah. Sat me down, did some really uh, you know, focus stuff. I've never had an insurance agent do that until I had Dawn, right? And this came up and I said, we got to have Jan. And then this happened. This I said, we got to have Jan. So that's a segue into this. Go ahead. Yeah. So as an insurance agent, and I said that I specialize in property and general liability, most of my clients are at the coast. And I provide insurance along the coast, on the east coast of the United States. So the states that I'm working in are New Jersey, South Carolina, 
North Carolina and Georgia predominantly. So we are really paying attention to the wind market right now because from an insurance standpoint, our carriers just can't pay out any more claims. It has become such an expensive proposition with all these national catastrophic events. We have had so many wildfires, right? right. Hurricanes, um, the Champlain Towers collapse. It's just been a rough past couple of years for everybody involved. And insurance carriers invest the premiums that they earn. <laughs> Sorry, this parrot. <laughs> He had, for the listener, there is a parrot in the background that yes. wants to get in on this. Yes, he's saying. We can't hear you. We can't hear him because Zoom oh, filters it out. Okay, so he's in, he's speaking over me, so it gets me a little distracted. I apologize. So, the insurance carriers invest their premiums that they receive, obviously, and that is going to be how they, you know, obtain their profit, their operating expenses. Right. So we have, in the last couple of years, had low interest rate. We've all been able to buy homes, bigger homes than we may have been able to afford in the past. And other items that the investments haven't maybe earned. Maybe your 401k is doing okay. But right now, it's not, it's <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. The insurance carriers now with inflation, items are costing more to replace. So building that was built 20 years ago, let's say it cost a million dollars to build. Right. In today's market with inflation, maybe 2 million, maybe $2.5 million. I would say on average, I have been seeing for residential multifamily housing, condo associations, the like, building values increase by more than 15% from this time last year. Wow. So, yeah, wow is right. So when these hurricanes hit, it's the loss of property that we're seeing in the news, right, Jim? You hear yeah. $180 billion, the worst storm ever. Well, it may not have been the worst storm in the category right. meteorolog meteorologically. I can't say that word. Right. <laughs> meteorologically, but from a price point they're evaluating that it is the worst storm because of the cost the loss of income the loss of revenue right so the main part of why that is occurring is because of the cost to rebuild has increased so, so if, uh, what you're saying in short is that the 15 second headline right this storm is costing a half a billion dollars maybe Two years ago, before the pandemic, it might have been three hundred million. Correct. Might have been less. Might it might Correct. have been, but because of inflation and supply chain issues, and, and nobody wanting to work for free anymore. So. Yes, and let's also talk about too that not only do we have increased cost of materials, increased cost of labor, taxes, etc., but. Because of events that have happened, we are demanding more of those that we hire. So they have to expend more, which drives up the cost of the job, right? But then we get into where are people moving? People move to a typically a concentrated area. So we look at New York City. We look at Miami, Los Angeles. I live outside of North, uh, North Carolina right now. I'm in outside of Charlotte. So I'll tell you, 
the amount of Northerners that have moved down here in the last five years since I got here is shocking. Everybody has Jersey plates. So their population has expanded in some areas. So we have a higher concentration of people in a smaller area than we may have had. That urban density is going to be like new jersey the highest density state if it isn't already absolutely and then in addition to it when you really look down at why national catastrophes are so horrible well look at the impervious land and look at how much we have built so water storm water big deal i mean in the future we're certainly going to have problems finding drinking water i hope my children will have clean water in the future that is the commodity i see being uh, really at risk. But if you look at the impervious surfaces of New Jersey from 10 years ago to where it is now, it's very shocking. Well, where does that water go? Well, that's why we have increased flooding. But we're talking about concrete and blacktop. Yes, yes. Con thank you, Jim. Impervious is that is the concrete in, and the blacktop. So the surface water no longer can be absorbed into the ground. Plus we've removed trees. So root systems that typically would absorb water are no longer there. So the runoff has increased. The federal government, the flood insurance program comes up for renewal every so often and it's up for renewal again. So if we don't get a vote on this, um, we may not have a national flood insurance program but they usually pass it through at the last minute. There is a new flood 2.0 program that's supposed to help alleviate the cost to the government for flooding. But, you know, going to Hurricane Ian, we see these costs. Uh, so we're seeing buildings dis destroyed, et cetera. So when you're fire, when there's a fire of a vehicle, we're not going to look at a building policy. We're going to look at an automobile insurance policy. Okay. In the professional safety community, communication and planning are just a few keys to your program's success. The question many practitioners have is, where do I start? Dr. Jay Allen, the creator of the Safety FM platform and host of the Rated R Safety Show, has built a global foundation to help you along the way. Go to safetyfm.com and listen to some of the industry's best and most involved professionals, including Blaine Hoffman with The Safety Pro, Sam Goodman with The Hop Nerd, Sheldon Primus with The Safety Consultant, Jim Pozell with Safety Wars, Emily Elrod with Unapologetically Bold, and many others. As individuals, we can do great things, but as a team, we become amazing. Dial into safetyfm.com today and surround yourself with a powerful force of knowledge and support. So now, this is what comes into it, right? Because I was, uh, as you know, I was, uh, we talked, uh, I was teaching at New Jersey City University this week uh, for a, uh, uh, no, for uh, for one of my classes. And uh, there was a building next door with like nine electric car <laughs> stations. And I was like, based on what Dawn said, this could be a major thing here. And I think there was a battery at a ball game in New York City that uh, went up 
and it burned around nine or ten different cars at City Field. I believe it was City Field or Yankee City. I believe it was City Field. So I said, man, so they'll talk about that. You have an electric car. Mm-hmm. The electric cars are at higher risk of just spontaneously, and I use that word guarded. There is no such thing as spontaneous. But just all of a sudden, without warning uh, to anybody, just catching on fire. So, yes. so now, let's talk about this is so- really an this is the this is like critically important because we're getting all this stuff. Buy an electric car. Buy an electric car. We have an incentive for an electric car. We have this kind of thing for electric car. We have this thing for an electric car. And I'm not going to give a, an opinion what my opinion is. Well, I think everybody knows I'm buying electric cars because I think that there has to be a full life cycle analysis uh, between an electric car and a regular car and what the difference is, where, with the meaning from cradle to grave, the cost, the total cost of these things hasn't been done. And there's yes, a lot and of it, the footprint for the future as far as right. the greenhouse emissions, et cetera. Right. But Jim, I think uh, it's go ahead. I, I think that we, we missed the important part at the beginning of this is that I am a firefighter, a certified yes. trained firefighter. I went through the Morris County Fire Police and Fire Academy back in 1995. That's New Jersey. Yes, and I, New, Jersey. New Jersey. And I have firefighter one, two, and three certificates. I also have hazardous materials training, right. incident command uh, training. I have so many certifications that, I mean, if I, it's, it's training. We always need to be evolving. We need to be learning technology changes. Right. So from a firefighting standpoint, we always look to knowing our scene. You talked right. about that earlier. So before we go in anywhere, we want to see what are the hazards that could impede us from doing our job or cause us injury. So firefighters, one of the worst fires that I think I will ever go to is a house fire. And I'll tell you why. I don't know what's in there. Right. Jim loves to work with model planes and he's got paint and he's got chemicals or or we have somebody who is really into his lawn and has a giant vat of pesticide or herbicide yeah. in his garage. Uh, house fires and vehicle fires, you know, a vehicle that may be in a garage tend to be a really big problem for firefighters because we don't know the chemicals that are in there. When we pull up to a commercial site, what are we looking at, Jim? You're probably breaking out the right to know inventory and you're looking for the NFPA. Absolutely. Assuming that they're they're doing the right thing. Correct. And it's just, for example, when we have a tanker truck on the highway, what do they have on the back of their The diamond, the UN UN symbol, the uh, uh, diamonds on the back. Yes. So we know. Okay. What type on your app? Now it's an app. It used to be a book. You look <laughs> it, it was up a book. And you look it up, and there it is. Uh, we know pretty much what it is. And of course, I every dawn laughs because when my kids were much younger, we used to play the when we were going down the New Jersey Turnpike. We used to play the game "What's in my truck," <laughs> and we would look up all these things. <laughs> and now my wife wonders why my son has fears well you know i think you could probably update that to what's you know what's in my truck and how would we treat that what would we do if there was a fire do we put water on it do we use a chemical application right do we continue to let it burn so those sheets are very important from a firefighting standpoint of 
what do we do from a, um, what application will be most effective to contain this fire? With an electric vehicle, there is a battery and it's a lithium ion battery. And if we've, if you've gotten on a plane, you'll see that they won't let you on that airplane if you have a lithium or ion battery. And the reason being is because they're, they burn very hot and they run hot. The temperature of those batteries is much greater. And also uh, they're, when they do catch on fire, you cannot apply the typical water. Right, I had pointed that out on last night's program where you put water uh, similar to a class D fire. Right. Where uh, again, it's lithium. So I guess it, uh, lithium is extremely highly reactive, right? Uh, uh, metal. You put you put water on a class D fire, you're, you're gonna disassociate the water into hydrogen and oxygen, which is two parts of the fire triangle, uh, triangle, right? And if you go by fire tetrahedron, now you already have the chemical reaction and you have everything else going in there. You have high energy and you're going to create a larger fire. That's why typically with a class D fire, I'm not a firefighter, but unless you can completely deluge the fire, uh, I mean, and I mean like huge, huge, huge amounts of water, you're pretty much SOL. And from what I've read uh, and heard from firefighters, they do not have the with the pump trucks or they call i guess the engines they don't have enough water capacity to put these fires out so they're most likely going to let them burn just Correct. let them burn and because again if life human life's not in peril why are we going to put a firefighter's life in peril? well i think this sense. is a really good topic to talk about because most of americans live in some type of community whether it's a homeowners association, right. condo association, garages. If you live in a townhome, you could have an attached garage right. to your thing. You live in a single family home, most likely your garage is either detached or it's attached, meaning it's part of your right. building. Then we also go into larger high-rise buildings, hotels, or commercial exposures where parking may be on the first level. It could right. be underground. It could be a, it, to the side of the building. So when a fire starts, there's a potential that it could expand to other areas. So with the electric vehicles, there in New Jersey, for example, is a law that allows homeowners that live in a condo association or a homeowners association to put in an electric charging station. A lot of our community associations are looking to how do they reduce their costs for energy and consumption, because if you're in a condo association, you might have everybody, uh, the utilities, the underground piping may be common. Right. So they're looking at, for example, parking lots that have solar panels where charging stations are underneath. When you have shade provided to the vehicles, it cuts down on the greenhouse emissions because it takes a shorter time for them to warm up or right. cool down. So those charging stations create a risk to you, the homeowner, or to and this the is building a, owner. This is what the nexus of everything is. You're getting these things in there. A lot of people may not include that when they're talking to their insurance agents. No. And everything. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you have a problem, and then you have a real problem. 
So yes, and so when we're looking at this from an insurance standpoint, we're getting there's grants out. So if right. you haven't looked into those federal and state grants that are available for those charging stations, I think you'd be really surprised. There is a significant green initiative out there for infrastructure, but also these charging stations. Right. So as people want to take advantage of this, we're going to see this more common. So what are we going to do about the exposure? So I would say if you do have a, a charging station, be very careful because you may have a higher risk, not just to have a fire, because incidentally, the risk of fires is actually less than gasoline cars or hybrid yes. cars. But the problem is once, as you said, once it gets going, you can't stop it. So down in Florida, for example, there is vehicles exploding left and right because you mentioned earlier saltwater corrosion. Now we also have these this high temperature and you can't get the fire. There's a lack of resources. Right. Firefighters are working in other areas. So they they're not going to get downtown because they're uptown right now. They've got a, another issue right. that's taking more priority. The only way in some respects is, as you said, deluge of water. But we've seen where fire departments bury sand over the vehicle. We right. want to take, we want to reduce or eliminate the oxygen, as you stated. And we also want to take down the heat. Right. The heat is a big component. So imagine if you are going to the supermarket in a city at, or going to a mall that has a parking garage underneath or attached and you've parked your vehicle and now you get out and you come back and the electric field vehicle that parked next to you is on fire. You may not be able to get to your car or get in the parking lot for a day, 24 hours, because that's how long it could take to put out that fire. So, yeah, so you have two important takeaways. One, on one hand, the electric cars are safer, right? less likely to catch on fire, but when they do, now you have a problem. Well, you mama. A pro you, may, you may have a problem. So we're not really getting the full picture on the news because you get the panic thing. Electric cars are catching on fire. That's what I've heard in the uh, uh, in the uh, uh, in the news, right? Blah blah blah. Oh no! Oh my God! Right. But on the other hand, they're less likely to catch fire than a gasoline car for whatever reason, statistically. Right. I'm going to go by statistics. All right. They're having less of a problem. But as far as your insurance is concerned, you may or may not be covered under this. Right. Well, may or know, may not. No, fire is always a covered cause of right? loss. You have a property insurance. There are right. specific perils that an insurance policy will include. And of right. course, those that it excludes. So one of the main perils that we typically see in an insurance policy is fire and smoke. Right. So fire is a named peril and that would be covered, but right. we look to reducing the amount of claim that we would potentially have. What we want to know, what is our risk? What's our hazard? So, from so for example, if they didn't, if a homeowners association or a homeowner or a business did not tell you that they have an electric charging station on site, or if it was a recent, like you got an in-between contra contract periods, right? From the start of the contract to the end, it's somewhere in the middle there, which is going to be 99% of the time. Uh, you, And then all of a sudden, oh, well, you had a fire and this was, and you didn't tell us that you had this equipment on site. 
would that impact your insurance? It could. Uh, it really depends upon what you've concealed or what you've represented to the right. insurance carrier because misrepresentation can void an insurance policy. Right. So can fraud. I also think it's the due diligence of an insurance agent to ask the right questions. Right. And do a site visit, just like a prof safety professional. We we can't sit there and and quarterback from our home. We need to get a full flavor of the site by looking at the actual uh, building, looking at the area, driving right. up what's around it. At, from a firefighter standpoint, we always look to what is around us, what will prevent us or what will keep us from doing our job. So I want to say before we wrap this up that there is technology that is supposed to be innovating to reduce these fires. My understanding is that there is development of a thermoplastic box that will be the housing for the battery that will contain the heat. Right now, an aluminum housing, and we all know that aluminum is soft metal. It, right. it also has a lower flash point, higher, lower flash point, correct? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And in addition to that, it is softer. So it, it the temperature will melt that quicker than it would. So the thermoplastic box is supposed to solve some of that issue and contain it. I think innovations and keeping these discussions open will be really important right. for the future and help reduce the loss of property as well as the loss of life. But if you do go to a parking lot and park your car, I think you should look around and yeah. see, is there an electric vehicle next to me? Maybe I want to move two spaces down. Well, uh, the local mall from us actually has an electric vehicle's charging station. Where is it? Uh, it is the Palisades Mall up in Manuet. Well, where is it in location to the building? I My wife is correcting me on the location. Oh. Uh, it's way, way away from anything. Yes. It's... So that is the other factor that a lot of people, when this first started, we see, we saw charging stations next to handicap spots right. close to the possible because they were wanting to give preference to somebody who has either a hybrid or an electric vehicle. We've now learned that we cannot put charging stations next to the building. They must be so far away. Now, I don't, I have to check and see if there's any NFPA regulations. Right. For example, NFPA makes regulations that's not, um, that if you have a grill, it has to be so far away from a combustible surface. And that is the same with a charging station, so far away. So yeah. it's important. And I think the lesson from today is look around know what your exposures are, know what risk you may have. And also the takeaway is please remember if there is potential for you to become hurt or others to become injured, that you need to stop what you're doing immediately. <laughs> Loss of life, we, we have to prevent first before. Right. Well, this was another very productive conversation. I learned a lot today. And well, what, the other thing, my takeaway is don't believe what you hear on the news. You have to do some, <laughs> searching and researching and everything else on that because what you may hear which is what i've heard and that's what you know we're is different than what is out there so again just so haphazardly oh we're going to get an electrical vehicle and we're going to do this this and this you need planning and you need all different things that are go that go into that to make this yeah. safe and uh, the some of the technology may be lagging uh, on how to prevent fires with them. Uh, yes, specifically, it is you had evolving. Mentioned. 
when I hear aluminum, aluminum anything, my cackles go up because aluminum, well, aluminum fires. Uh, I have a, a no, I, I've had experience dealing with an aluminum fire. They're not nice. No, uh, they're to not. Fight. And the other thing is, we and you say, well, Jim, what do you mean? Aluminum fires. They're not that common. I said, well, have you ever seen the space shuttle take off? Right. Right. And let's yeah. just also solid rocket fuel. And that's yards. Where, yeah, that's we hear where, a lot about scrap yards having fires. Yeah. The metal, it continues well, to burn. There you have another issue because you have aluminum powder. No, it's ground aluminum any way you want because it's getting pulverized mm -hmm. in the scrap yard. And then you have rusty uh 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 steel a lot of times you mix them together and what do you get you get a, a, a something called thermite mm -hmm. so now you have a, now that's another issue so again know what you're dealing with do the assessments and everything else and that's how uh you're gonna stay safe and you're gonna continue to fight that safety war thank you very much jim thank I you so much to talk We'll have, have a, a great, great day. day. I know you got a football game to go to. I got a soccer. Your baseball, game. soccer. Well, tell Debbie I said hi, and I hope you guys have a great I think weekend. she heard you. That was another phenomenal interview of Dawn M. Becker Dernan, Vice President and Insurance Advisor at People First Property and Casualty Insurance. They can be found on Twitter at Dawn Becker. That is at Dawn is D A W N. M. Becker, B-E-C-K-E-R. And the company Twitter handle is at PeopleFirstPC. And you know who I am. You can contact us at 845-269-5772 or jim at safetywords.com for more information for what we can do for your company, training and safety management. For Safety Wars, this is Jim Hosel. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.